On this episode of the Tough Juice Podcast, I had a good friend and one of the guys that's mentoring a lot of people in fitness lifestyle across the country, and Luther Freeman and Kathy Freeman, and they talked about all the stuff spiritually, what they're doing, and how they are different from a lot of other agencies out there. We connected into, you know, faith. We also talked about coming from adversity and also different ways to skin a cat. And we also talked about a little bit, well, I'm gonna hold that for the show. Subscribe to the Tough Juice Podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your pods. Luther, Kathy, just uh, talk to me about the beginning of, you know, uh, where you come from and, you know, some of the things that you had to go through in the beginning of the grind that a lot of people are not aware of. Uh, I know for myself, coming from Pensacola, Florida, I know it's very similar to Racine, Wisconsin, you know. No doubt. I live in a place called Diego Circle, and most people don't make it out. And I know that there's a lot of people that live there now, a lot of people that live in their own area that's similar to that, that need to hear this. And I can't wait to hear your perspective of it. No doubt. I just want to tell people, everything that you see cannot be tied to everything that you saw. Everything that you see cannot be tied to everything that you saw. That's real. You know, and that was just resonate with me this morning. Um, because God is trying to show you something. He's trying to show you something and you can't see it unless you learn to detach yourself away from what you've seen. Yeah. We're so desensitized to the negative that we have to learn to get desensitized to the positive. So if you're always used to negative things, that's your perspective. So you don't know what good looks like. You don't even know how to cultivate good in your life. So all you see is negative. So when... If you get a good thing, you don't know what it is. If you had a bowl of ice cream, how do you know ice cream, what ice cream tastes like? You know what ice cream tastes like from the first time you've had it. Everything is based off of memory. Mm -hmm. We could think about chocolate chip cookie dough right now, <laughs> and you know what it'll taste like before you taste it. So really what you're getting is what you've got. So you have to reshape. You know how they say, uh, quiet the voice in your head? You change the voice in your head by changing the experience, then creating a new experience so you can see something new. That's and that's how I was able to mentally stay focused in Pensacola. Because my goal wasn't to, it, it wasn't really to live in the moment, it was to live for moments. Because when you're living in the moment, you're, you're like, oh man, this is good. This is the new respect that I should have for myself. Every day should be like this. But when you're in the hood, the world don't respect you. So you lose sight of this identity you're trying to create to say, no, this was a good moment. This is what I demand. But when you live for moments, it gives you a call to action to look for moments that, that define you. And that way, it kind of pushes you away. You say, hey, when I turn 16, I'm out of here. Not that you're thinking about it because most people are afraid to leave because of the fear. But there's no, you have nothing to worry about because when you're attached to looking for moments, you're always focused on moments and, and you end up getting out. So look for moments. And those little moments in your life will give you something to look toward to, forward to, and that way the, the system around you won't break you. That's deep. 
I always yeah. say, I always say, seeing is believing. I always use that that quote and that phrase. And it's interesting that you said how you remember some of the things that you grew up around and some of the things that you had to go through in that process. And I've never been there. I never visited your hometown, but it seems like it has a lot of similarities, just like a lot of urban areas and like a lot of grassroots uh, areas in in the United States and all over the world. And my biggest thing was being exposed to things differently. Um, I never went outside the radius of the six mile radius of Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, The biggest thing I knew was Chicago, going downtown and seeing big buildings. Uh, The biggest building I ever seen was a four story building and that building just happened to be the courthouse. You know what I mean? So like it was one of those things that when I was exposed to something different, I start thinking differently in my mind. So when was you exposed to something different that made you like go there with it? Because you said a lot in that last, you know, just everything that you said, like when do you start thinking differently like that? Well, first I'll say you had no choice but to be much to change your mindset when you were exposed to something differently. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because a mind in an environment that is not great, there's no pressure there. You can live there with no issues. But from exposure, an elevated mind, an elevated experience without elevated mind creates a, a lesser mind than a mind in a lesser environment. Meaning when, you, when you're where you're at and you, you, nothing's going good, you're good. But once, once you're seen, once you're introduced to, to new things, to elevated experiences, your mind has to, it has to par- parallel with it. Because if it doesn't, it's almost like they say God gives you experiences he, he shows you more because it's for you. So once you see it, you're going to be disgruntled. You're not going to be able to sleep. So once you see more in your life, it's a wrap. You're not going to have peace because you know that it's for you. Once you see what you're supposed to get, you, uh, so you, you, you better elevate that mind. Then you own it. Then you have to. Otherwise, you can't. Yeah, you lose sleep. that opportunity. Yeah. Well, you can't sleep. Yeah. You know, you make $1,000. You go, ah, oh, $1,000. <laughs> but once you see 5000 a thousand don't satisfy you anymore, you know. But to answer your question, when I was 15 years old, I went to a, a basketball camp in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I played against guys all over the world. And that was the first time I left Pensacola. And I guys were from Cali. They were yo, blood, you you got the because uh, I, I you know I had the handle and everything, and they they so just, you had the pat with you. Yeah, and so they just it was what's up, Florida? They called me Florida. And I just, it was a different experience because where I'm from, all the fathers were coaches and high school coaches and it was all a system. Over there, it was almost like, yo, we don't care. If you can play, you can play. Yeah. And it, it introduced me to, man, there's more world outside of this world. So I just stayed focused, you know, from I had a dysfunctional family. Had, they were all Jehovah's Witness. So I, I wasn't. So they was, if they didn't, if you didn't believe what they believe, you know, they just don't talk to you. Yeah. You know, so I don't even talk to 98% of my family because that's what they ran and I don't I don't practice that. Yeah. So coming from cultural side, coming from the, the the home side, I just had to attach to something and I just attached to just trying to search for my own moments of light. And and I got out and I never went back. You always been open about talking about uh your family dysfunction. And I don't like to call it dysfunction, but you were worded however you want to. Uh, 
everybody have their things, you know what I mean? And how did you get through that? How did you navigate through that space with people that you love so much? Because it's still your family. And I have my things and my issues with my family that we don't always see eye to eye with each other. You know, some people are, you know, they, they practice the Baptist, you know, beliefs. Uh, we have Muslims, we have five percenters, we have a range of so many things in our family. But the one thing we do have in common is our love. Can you talk a little bit about that with your family? Well, uh, I can I can speak from the perspective that I was I was seen. Uh, it, it seemed that love was something that was wasn't really it it was based off of performance. Oh wow. Uh, my family structure uh, it was it's just when you come when you come from a certain culture all you know is you know church and you know if you don't if this person says this or wears this hairstyle we can't talk to that person we just fellowship that person so it was already from a culture of do this or you know and so that was just my experience you know um that's more like dictating right there yeah, yeah yeah it was almost like okay you have to you can't wear dreads you have to be neat and clean and i'm saying okay well back in the old testament you can't tell me that that wasn't considered neat and clean you know so i just stepped away from 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 that i just focused on i just knew that there was more out there for me and i stayed to myself and i kept my mouth closed and i really didn't start speaking about family until i until i recovered because God gave me family. And when I say that, it could be a stranger. When I had nowhere to go and I was homeless because my job was taken away from me because I was working and I was acting and modeling and the people I worked with, they were, they were jealous. And so I got fired for no reason. I had nowhere to go. I went to a Walmart and I remember a guy, he came up to me, he prayed. He prayed over me. I never forget it. I talk about it all the time. To me, that guy's family, a stranger, God will put family in your life, whether it's for a moment, for a second, mm. for so I, I consider family people who 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 are who are there for me when I need them. We either if it's just one experience. Did that did that ever drive you away from your faith? And obviously it didn't because I see how close you are and uh, how how connected you are spiritually. You talk about God and you talk about all these things and you being here because of that, but. Did that ever take you away from faith, you know, when your family was pushing certain things on you? Uh, it didn't take me away from faith when my family was pushing things on me. It, it just, I'm here to break, I'm here to break the mold. Yeah. You know, you have what you have in you because it's, it's for, it's for to change the culture. You know, so I don't really, I think that I had to have faith. Otherwise, I would have, I would, I wouldn't be here, man. I, I really wouldn't be alive. I never heard the story of you being homeless and how you was able to, uh, you know, pivot out that situation and the success that you have and now. Can you just go back to that of you know being jobless at the time and just needing someone to come insert themselves into your life and that individual that came and gave you that prayer that you needed? Yeah. Well, I was in, I was in school. And um, I was uh, working as a, as a security person, overnight security, and they paid me free rent 
and I was doing acting jobs and modeling jobs, and I was making money, extra money doing that. Gotcha. And I was training people for free because I was trying to learn body types at the time. And I was just booking, I booked Never Back Down. I was a fighter in that movie. I trained Jaiman Hansu, I trained the whole cast. Wow. I booked ESPN commercials. I was booking up with Roger Clemens. I was doing all this stuff. And a Nike commercial, because I played ball. You know, I, I said that I was, I played overseas and <laughs> I went to UCF and Jermaine Taylor, and all the, shout out to Jermaine, all those guys was in the commercial. And uh, I ended up making a commercial over them. <laughs> I was like, That's crazy. You extra, you know? And you got on. Yeah, I got on there. I was Team Nike, you know, and so I was doing all this. And, my, and people I worked with overnight, I'm auditioning for jobs. They're just sitting there on Facebook. And so they're like, who does this dude think he is? You know, and they turned into that. So they say, oh, he's, he's out here doing this. He's out here driving the golf cart around. And I got fired. I had nowhere to go. I had 24 hours to leave. I had exams. So I had one of my classmates lay on my bed. So they wouldn't come throw my stuff out. And I had to go take my exams. And, I, and, and to go forward, to go back, about three years ago, I was in my Rolls Royce Wraith, same color as yours. <laughs> the, one you, the one you got, I love yours. And um, a girl walked by, I said, oh my God, can I take a picture? Kathy was in the store shopping. I was just in the car working. And hey, I said, I said, sure, but I don't think you should take a picture. She said, why? I said, can I give you a hug? I said, I want to pay your bills, whatever you got. Her name is Casey Whitmore. I'll never forget her name. I'll never forget her. It's crazy. It was her that laid in my bed, and she trying to be a fan. I'm saying, girl, you. I know you. I know you. Yeah. You think I don't know you? I know you. And I remember that. I remember that moment, and she had no idea, and I told her that moment then. It was three years ago. That is crazy. Yeah, the last time I saw her, and then that was the re most recent time I saw her. Man, I, we just said a lot, and I want to make sure that the listeners hear that story again. So. You was about to get evicted out of your dorm? It was a college job where I was did security overnight. Yeah, and they, they fired me in 24, so in 24 hours I had to go. Okay. And they were gonna take my stuff out. So she was laying on my bed so they wouldn't, you know, don't take the bed, don't take this, trying to, with all my stuff while I take my test because we, we had classes together. Damn. And I was crying in the car, with, I was trying to hide it. I didn't. I said, just lay, just sleep in here. Just, yeah. She had no idea. So that day, three years ago, when she said hi, I'm a fan. I told her. I told her what that day represented. Yeah. Because I had to leave the next day, and I was living from person to person with my clothes in someone's house. So what did that day represent for you? That was the day that the pastor prayed over me in Walmart. That day, he said, "This is the beginning." And it forced me to take my financial aid money, go get a place, and I took out loans, and I used the money to go to, to find a place to stay after three months of going from place to place to place from, you know, in my car. And then they towed my car. And then my aunt, she gave me $200 to get my car out. I forgot about it, I was so stressed out. <laughs> She got mad at me. My mom's sister never talked to me to this day. She said that I should have gave her money back. Yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Wow. I, you can't control your family. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm a kid and I have $200, really? Yeah. But that's what happened. And I got out of that situation by saying, so I'm going to just train people. I trained my first client. So I'm going to transform this person in 30 days. There was no such thing as 30 days. There was no such thing as the word transformation. I just said, I'm going to do it. 
my dad walked in, you know, rest his soul. He said, get a real job. I had, I was no furniture in there. I had a BOSU ball just sitting in the living room. He said, work. I said, no, I have to figure it out first. First client, second client, third client. First person transformed them, took their photos. I wasn't even 21 yet. I was going into clubs, standing there, all the girls, hey, Ozzy, how you doing? What's your name? Man, I just had a tough workout today, man. How you doing? I need to work out. Well, come on then. I would always throw those little innuendos in there, and I was get, I was going to the club and getting girls in there. I was cool with the, with the owner, so they let me go in there before I was 21. I was getting clients and That's getting crazy. their pictures and building up my resume, put it on Facebook. I was the first person to do before and afters. This was years ago. I used to sneak into the neighborhood that I live in now and put flyers on cars and on doorsteps. I live in the neighborhood right now. It was nothing out there like that. Did you see the void of that in that market? Like, you know what? Nobody's doing this. I can no... really disturb the market with yeah, this idea. Yeah, yeah. But, but see, the thing was, it was, like, that's why my brand is called Gorilla Brain. I tapped into my Gorilla Brain. I, 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 was, I was tapped in. I was so, here's the thing. When you, you can't make, you have your, your gift and your goal. I used to make my, my gift my goal. So my goal was to train someone mm-hmm. with my gift. But then I would sit down with a billionaire and then I, I reconstruct his life. I gave him business ideas. I do the marketing for him. And I said, wait a minute. So I had to work, learn how to work backwards to say, wait a minute, if that means this, then I could be a billionaire. I could be that. So then when you, when you, when you raise your goal, so now you have a, 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 a more adequate way to value your value. So now you see your gift to go, you raise your goal, and now you go, whoa, my gift is here. Now, I'm a minority owner of 750 stores of Vitamin Shop, which is a billion dollar company. Yeah. Because I got approached by a billionaire, and we're doing this together. That's amazing. Did you have that, that, that thought in the beginning that it can grow and become all this? that it's become at this point and at this stage in your career. I life. never thought that, you know, starting with having before and after photos would, would get to here. I just knew that my power wasn't really in my training ability. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. You know, my wife, I helped to build her following. Uh, when I met her, she asked me, hey, I want to train. I want to learn how to exercise. I want to be a coach. I admire you. She met me as a fan. I said, listen, I sat her down, told her exactly what to do. And then when we got together later on as, as a couple, I helped her do that. So my gift is to be able to have vision. I focus on everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm passionate. And I see what you can do. And I just want to help you. I just want to help you. So I would make people do things that they really wouldn't want to do on their own. And so that's my ability. And I just so happen to be a perfectionist. So I, can, I know how to exercise and I know how to inspire. But really, I'm an I'm a inspirational speaker. And so I, I take that and I get people to work harder. Because really, if you, if you eat like trash on your own, but you exercise right, you're not going to change. If you exercise wrong and you eat great, you're going to change. Yeah. So I just knew how to be the perfectionist and give you the words that you needed to hear. So when you're on your own, you don't want to let me down, which ends up not letting you down. You kind of tapped into it, but what separates you from all the other trainers out there? You have so many celebrity trainers that identify with certain clients and massive followings and they post things and 
they show things on social media that becomes extremely trending. What's different from you guys and what your brand stands for? Our brand, it, it, stands, it stands for family. We are family. Yeah. It, it's, this, is, this thing has kept me alive. Serving people has kept me alive. I haven't really had the, the concept of, of family like I would have always wanted to in my life. So serving others and being a family to others, it gives me the experience that I always wanted. The best way to heal from, from a deficit is by giving that thing that you want. You know, and, and not, not to be a superficial when I say this, but I learned, because I had an issue with joy. I learned that oh, wow. joy is not getting something. I always said, oh, well, one day I'm going to get a Ferrari. I went to the Ferrari dealership at 23. I said, I'm going to get this car. And they laughed at me. The people, okay, well, I need to see, the, you know. I said, just don't, don't worry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. I'm going to get it. Just because the world says this is the type of stuff that you need to have for my voice to be heard. I'm still the same person. Yeah. You know. And so I ended up getting the car, you know, years later. And I sat at the dealership, you know, and I just was crying. And he said, what's wrong? I said, because y'all didn't believe I was going to be here. I had to come get it from the same dealership. Same dealership. That's right. Same place. I was just about to ask that, too. Same dealership. And, uh, and, and. When I left, I wasn't happy. I said, man, what's wrong with me? Joy doesn't come from getting it. It comes from the process of trying to get it. So everything you want in your life, you, you wait for the moment to get it, and then you're trying to feel something that's just not there. It's just not there. So once you realize that, have joy and celebrate in the act of knowing that if you continue to work hard, it will come. So celebrate now in the moment that joy in the journey. This is the most beautiful moment because of wanting something. So just try to express joy in the want because in the get, you're going to have to move on to something else. So when I learn that, now I get excited about what I'm about to do. Yeah. Talk about the joy that you guys have together and building this brand together and also identifying so many things. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you have these testimonies uh, yes. on, on, on Instagram that you guys talk about and people like they open up and y'all go there. Y'all mm -hmm. not, you know, it's not PG 13 and it's not censored, you know, yeah. it's all tape. It's not stepped on to nothing. Y'all go raw with it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the importance of doing that. Well, we, we base our, we were just talking about this yesterday, we based our life off of purpose. Mm. You know, just for example, uh, shout out to Wanye Morris, a voice to me, he was just saying that his group wouldn't be together if it wasn't for the people because the people, the fans, that's what, they, ha they have an obligation to the fans. And I said, wow. Not to say that they have problems, but they're there for a common goal. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, that's the same way it has to be in a relationship. We, she saw my purpose and she said, you know what? I'm signing up for that. I believe in your purpose. And we operate off of that. So everything we do is based off of, of our calling. Cause I believe that if you don't, if you don't take advantage of what God gave you, he just put a seed in you, whether it's what you have to say. I'm just, I'm just 
a person that has to speak out. If I don't use it in time, it's going to be removed from me. I'm, I'm going to lose my voice. No doubt. You know, I buy jewelry. I buy all this stuff because I know the, the, the young generation, they like it. I know, I know a lot of the guys, they, they want that. They want that life. So I give them what they need. I get their attention. I peacock and I give them what they need. This stuff is heavy. I don't really care for it like that, to be honest with you. You know, my Lamborghini, is, the car is, is, is dead. All the cars die all the time. I don't even drive my Uber most of the time. It's just to, here. Yeah. It's just to get their attention. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you're so detached from the things and God, he sees that you, you, you respect your position, he gives you even more. That's true. So we operate off of we have to use this the right way. We have to be obedient with what we have. Absolutely. So we know that it's not really ours. It's just a channel. Yeah. To, to it's all borrowed. Yeah. <laughs> really is. Yeah. And you got to share it. And you got to give it. How do you how do you get someone to move or to buy into the concept that like you guys are trainers and sometimes people are for instance, I have people in my own family that they're not easy to move or get engaged. How do y'all strategically plan and go about motivating people to be the best version of them? I like this question. I was ready for you. Okay. <laughs> I like this question. I cause you to create a different, beautiful watch, to create a different <laughs> relationship with the experience. Okay, you're having trouble with exercising? Forget about exercise. Let me share you a story. If I don't exercise, I'm a terrible husband. I'm a terrible person. I have no energy. I have no clarity. Create clear clarity. Gorilla Brain allows you to create clear clarity and it allows you to tap in and operate at 100. Whether that's yoga, whether that's... I walk on a treadmill every morning. And that gives me, it helps me to create clear clarity. I'm writing a book called Dissatisfaction Management, teaching you how to manage your dissatisfaction. Mm. That came from that. I'm creating a cell phone charger that no one has ever seen. I was on a treadmill. I needed a charger. Gorilla Brain was on the treadmill. Everything is on a treadmill. Oh, my gosh. So it, without, I was in the gym one time recently, and, um, I was, I was lifting, bench pressing. I just tore my shoulder not too long ago, and so I couldn't lift heavy. And my brain, something just said, fuck that. And I said, fuck that. I don't know why I said it. You know, I, it's my place to tap into my spirit. Your spirit knows what you need. So I was, I was unconsciously conscious. So I just said, fuck that. And I threw the waist down, and I turned in the mirror, and I saw a guy looking at me. I know how I am. I don't like people. I know, I know some people know me. So I'm lifting, and I know I wasn't lifting a lot of weight. I didn't know someone was watching, but I, I guess subconsciously I felt that thought saying, you're worried about people. What if someone was watching you? And so I just, I, I was fighting it. I met it head on. If I go to pinch you and you say, ah, the pinch won't hurt so much. Yeah. If you meet resistance with resistance, it, it creates a new narrative. It creates a new relationship with that experience, and it don't feel so bad. So I just said, fuck that. So when I saw him, I just looked at him, and it didn't bother me because I said, fuck that first. I made I hit it first. And I said, whoa, what was that? So when I'm in the gym, I'm having these moments. Or I'm, or I'm getting up in the gym to go to the gym at 5 in the morning, and I hear a voice because the TV was left on, and I hear my dad's voice. The first time I ever heard my dad's voice to where I thought he was still here. This was three weeks ago. And I woke up, and I, I was walking. 
And I said, oh, that's the TV. And I just grabbed my bag and went out the door, made it to the gym at five in the morning. So every day I go on my, my, my IG post live or my story and post me getting up and going to the gym every morning, showing people this helps. I get something every morning I go to the gym. Something I'm different. I'm getting something. I'm not just getting a body. That's just a byproduct of consistency. I heard my dad's voice for the first time in my life thinking that he was alive. And he's passed three years ago. So I said, wow, I, I, I thought I heard my dad today. That blessed me. The next day I got this. The next day I get that. The next day I get a birth gorilla brain. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm going from my mind. My notepad is right in front of me when I'm on the treadmill. So I'm sharing with people, this helps you learn you. When I go to the gym, it teaches me more about me. It helps me to learn myself. So now I have a different relationship with it. Now I love it. I can't live without it. Where, where, where do you get that consistency from, though? Uh, a lot of people lack it. And even, even if you're showing it from a visual standpoint, like you, you're on social media and you're going live, people may lack that, that get up. They will, but if, if, what's, if what they're getting is blessing them, that's not attached to a, a physical. I'm literally writing my book and, and the process of me getting up in the, in the morning and getting b- blood flow to my brain is helping me. Kathy said, I'm struggling. I'm having writer's block right now. I want to write, but I'm struggling. I said, get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, go get on the exercise bike for 10 minutes and don't do it for the exercise. I said, only do it. I said, pay attention to what comes into your brain. And she did it. I was on the treadmill right behind her. And she finished the 10 minutes. I said, now sit down and stretch and then write. She wrote, I want to say 13 posts. Oh, wow. I said, look at that. So now she created a new relationship with getting up and going to exercise. So when you, when you realize what, what giving to yourself does, it changes everything. If you go to work and you give to somebody else, it's like me getting up in the morning and coming to give, give to this experience. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to soar here. I'm, I'm supposed to get up and give to me and just, just coast on 100 all day long. Get up, give to myself, and coast on that 100. Not just get up and just give. Yeah. You're feeding yourself. When you're walking and you're you're on a treadmill, you literally have to move. You have to think about why you're moving. You have to to say, okay, I'm going to do a mile today. All right, this is hard. What did I say? John Gray, Mm -hmm. Pastor John Gray, I went and spoke at his church Sunday. And I told everyone, he said, okay, why why do I need to be healthy? I said, okay, well, you all see me as a fitness trainer, you know, well, I'm going to change that by the time I'm done talking. I said, you need to create resistance training. They said, resistance training, resistance training. I said, resistance training. So when I go to the gym, I go to create resistance training on purpose. Because in life, you are faced with resistance. So this is a, a physical way, a daily, a, a mental daily way to focus on training for resistance. So when you operate in your gift, when you try to give it to the world, you're going to be met with resistance. But you're doing resistance training every day and you're learning how to work through it. You can operate in your life because you're prepared to deal with resistance. You talked about that you played sports. You played basketball and obviously using training from a bodybuilding standpoint and stuff like that. How has that helped you in this business space and also in the training space where you're able to stay consistent, 
police your habits, uh, stay true to your faith, all these different things. Because we had numerous guests on the show. We had Rick Ross, we had Master P and all these guys. Yeah. Rick Ross was a tennis player. Master P played uh, basketball cool. professionally, uh, so many more. And it's crazy and kind of ironic that a lot of the guests got their principles of being consistent in life from sports. Mm. It was different. It was it was real deep for me. Like it was layers to it. So I would ask you, did that some of those disciplines and things that you do in life come from sports? The discipline that I got, it came from, it came from sports, but in a version of trying to protect the belief that my father had in myself. He believed in me, and he believed that. I would say, Dad, I want a Kobe jersey. He would say, get your own name on it. <laughs> say, Dad. He said, you don't understand it. You don't, you, you're putting a cap on you when you see others. I said, I know. I, I know. You're trying to be too deep. I just want his jersey. But he said, no, I just want you to understand. Never put someone above you. Ooh. Just admire the person, but admire them from a level place. Yeah. You know, so, and everybody say, man, man your dad crazy. That's my whole family used to say this. I imagine hearing this your whole life. Man, your dad crazy. Man. You know, his, his dad, my grandfather, you know, he died when I was 15, but he used to say, that boy going to kill you. That boy going to kill you. He used to say to my dad that I'm going to kill him one day because yeah. he was hard on me. And so everybody had an issue with how hard on, on me that he was. But he thought he was hard on me. Go out there and train. But I wanted it. I, just, I was just quiet. I never, I never told him that I, that I needed him to say it to me. But yeah. I, I just was quiet. I knew that he didn't have a manual. So even when sometimes he went a little overboard, I accepted it because I knew that my life was better with him in it versus him not. I'm the only, he's the only father in the neighborhood. He's a neighborhood dad. Yeah. And if I say, man, dad, I hate you, man. You get on my nerves. My, my people in my neighborhood, they're going to want to fight me because they're saying, bro, I don't ever want to hear you talk back to your dad. I don't, I don't know my dad. I've never seen my dad before. So the whole neighborhood kept me in check. They, they let me know that I was blessed by having somebody who was there to every practice. And they cared. And they cared. So I attached to his identity. And he was, hey, he the best, he the best. My, my, my boy, I crossed you up. So he had all these older guys coming to try to show me up in front of him because they admired him and they respected him. So that they needed a dad in their life. So they wanted, I'm going to bust your boy ass. And so I had to show up. And so it just, everybody was saying that I was going to go crazy. Or I wasn't going to be this. I was going to be that. So, you know, a family member of mine told me, she said, you're just, you're, you're the biggest fuck you to the world for your father. Because everything everybody said that doubted you, that doubted your father and said he's not raising you right, your success is a fuck you to the world, or who didn't believe it. Yours legacy. Yeah. So I just attached off of his belief. I mean, yes, I worked hard in basketball. Yes, I worked hard in, in sports. But it, I, it was basically, well, if he sees all this in me, then I'm gonna just see if he's right. And so the more I kept working hard, the more you know I'm walking back from the cones, from the sprints, he moved the cone back every time, and I'm, man, it's getting longer and longer. He kept, he kept, he showed me train harder, get more results. Work harder, get more results. You know, put the chair there and <clears throat> and just and just push off, push off. Even with your jab step, push off. I, I crossed somebody so hard in high school, I broke my toe. I pushed off so hard, I broke my toe. <laughs> you know, and and it got to the point where from practicing so hard. Every time I got bounced the ball, oh, 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 I had people flying all over the place. Because if I can make this chair move, I'm going to make a human move. Yeah. So when I just got addicted to, man, 
more I do, the more I see. It's, I loved it. Man, I have to do Nobody wants to work like this. I told Wanya yesterday, he came, when he came to my house, I said, Wanya, when y'all performed Boys to Men 10 years ago, I made a sacrifice that I didn't have to make, so it would be easy to make sacrifices that I do have to make. And y'all was singing, and I could hear you singing from my home. And I said I was thinking about my goals, so I wanted to remember this moment because y'all were my favorite group of all time. You are my favorite singer of all time. And I just said I, I just wanted to make that sacrifice. And, and what I realized that when my goal became so important, I no longer forgot what I was giving up. And so there was no sacrifice. But everything that I gave up to get, God was able to bring it back to me later. Well, he's my best friend. Yeah. And I was able to say, man, your music saved my life. Your music gave me your, your love, singing about love. It gave me something to identify myself with. My wife is here. It has a lot to do with the music that y'all produced. That was already written, too. Yeah, and he's in. That he's, connection. You know what I mean? Like, that's. Yeah. Yeah. That so was already in the, in the universe to happen. Kind of like your gift to. I, I saw something in one of your posts that you had did where you was in a drive through and then you had to pivot back because I don't know if you had money on you or whatever the case may be, but you dipped off, went to an ATM, and you came back and planted a seed and gave a blessing. I do that all the time, too. Like, I, I feel like sometimes where people are, they treat you, they go above and beyond with their job, and they let you feel even more welcome, you know, when they pass you that bag. And that extra thank you and have a great day is exactly what I needed at the time. And I just want to give something back. And sometimes right. it ain't always financially, but it's just I want to make a connection with them. Yeah. Just to let them know I see you and I thank you for that. Yeah. So talk about the importance of you just circling back. And I don't know what you gave them, but you want to share that story? Yeah, so we, it was cheat day. And so Kathy and I went to Checkers and uh, the guys pulled up. They all That's had, where it was at, yeah. yeah. Check, checkers. <laughs> they had a mouthful of gold in their mouth and they just... Oh man, yo, run red engine, red engine, you know, all they showing all their teeth, and I was just laughing. I said, all right, I rev it, I rev it. It's oh man, I'm so happy for you, man. You win it, you win it, you win it, you win it. And it, it almost it gives me goosebumps right now, almost brought me to tears just now. You win it, you win it. I mean, you sitting in that in that that box and you just saying you win it, and you just smiling from ear to ear for me like that. Yeah. I I haven't I haven't had a lot of people in my my life that wanted me to win like that. Just root for you. Just root for me like that, you know? It's, it's, Genuinely. Ah, it messed yeah. me up, man. So I was just saying, man, thank y'all. He said, thank you. Man, you, I, you, just keep, you just keep winning. I said, Kathy, I'm going to the ATM right now. I left. I went. I tried to get as much as I could. It only let me get 600 I got 600 I came back. I asked for some fries. They, they, I went to the front. And they said, yeah, yeah, hey, you back. I said, hey, man, I don't even want to hear. You have care of hearing the guy say, I told y'all. You remember he said that yeah. in the video? He was trying to tell them, I told y'all he was the real dude. I told y'all. Yeah. I could tell because I, you know, I, I was trying to speak. I always try to speak into people's life. But he was trying to say, I knew it. I knew he had some in him. I knew he had some in him. And that made me feel good to say, wow, he saw it in me. You know, but, you know, 100 for you, 100 for you, and, and 200 for you, and y'all split the rest. Y'all gave me something. You, what you gave me was, was priceless. So well, everything I could do to help you. I can't, I, I will, because y'all helped me. And just know that it doesn't matter. Money is not everything. What you gave is priceless, because most people don't want to see people win, or they don't even care enough to do that. And it also felt good for that guy to say, I told you, I told you. Because I have an experience that I want to share with you.
that I've never said on camera before. I used to, when I used to first started training people, I had problems. I couldn't go to gyms. They would, they would kick me out. Why is that? Because everyone wanted to come to get help from me. This is in my early 20s. And so I would just, I would just have to stay to myself. I couldn't talk to anyone because they wanted help. Because I changed people fast. And so it was, I went to Planet Fitness at one point. And they just, a guy caught a seizure. I went and I helped him. And he would have died if I wasn't there. And the ambulance came and then I helped him stay with him. And then the ambulance came and they, they, they took care of me. He, he survived. The next day, they said, you can't come back. You're banned. And I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense After to me. saving someone's After life. After saving someone's life. I told them, hey, hey, he's struggling. But they wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't supposed, you know, it's not my job, but I wasn't going to let the guy die. Yeah. So the next day that happened. And so there's a guy named McKenzie. He worked there. And McKenzie used to always talk to me. And so three years later, I went to Walmart, whatever. It was late at night. I saw him over there. I went to say hi. He said, hey, I'm going to let you work out anyway. He said, I had a question. I said, what you looking at? He said, I'm looking at pictures of you, your competition stuff. And he said, I didn't know you was famous. I said, come on, I'm not famous. He said, but people know you. You a big deal. I never knew this. You always so humble. You act like this all, every since I've known you. That's amazing. He said, how'd you get there? I said, God. He said, ah, my mama say that. I, don't, I, never, I never really believed. My mama say that. I say, your mama telling you right, man. And so that was the end of the conversation. And it, uh, it was a, uh, yeah, so that day ended. I went. He said, come on back for the rest of the week. I'm going to let you in late at night. The next day I went to Walmart for something else. I saw a shirt. It said Mile High Club. So I said, ooh, I like that shirt. That's McKenzie's rap group name. So I got the shirt. I said, I'm going to give it to him before my next competition. I went the next day. I forgot to give him the shirt. But I went inside. I said, man, guess what? It was a lady, a tall lady standing at the front desk. I remember seeing her face. I said, hello. Just me and her. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. That's when I used to go. He said, I believe. I said, believe what? He said, I talked to my mom, and I've been thinking about it, and I believe, man. I said, what? That's amazing. That's crazy. And... He left, and then I left, and three days later, two days later, I had to go, I had a show to go to, and I, I was supposed to give him a shirt, but I didn't give it to him. I got a Facebook message from a lady, and she said, McKenzie's gone. And it was a lady that was at the gym. That's how she knew to, that he knew me because she was the lady that was there. She said, wow. he's gone. He died at the gym at the desk overnight. I looked at the shirt. I said, ah, the shirt has wings on it. It says, Mile High Club, fly high. And it had wings on the shirt. I didn't even see it. His, his girl called me, said I was the biggest inspiration for his life. And he's lately been talking about me. The lady that banned me from the gym even called me and said, I know you don't hate you, you know, whatever. But this man respected you out of behalf of him, we, we will want you to come and, yeah. Damn. I saved his life. I saved his soul. And he was a believer before he left here. Yeah, three days. He, that happened three days before he died. So when that guy said, I told y'all, when I get moments when somebody say, I knew he was a good person, it means that my spirit is, is acting ahead of me. And not so, Kathy and I, the way we live our life, we, we live our life that way. Hoping that our spirit goes before us that it's connecting to people, that they can see why we do what we do, hopefully to say it's somebody's life, whether it's spiritually or mentally or emotionally.
So the energy that you follow is pure. You're not following no trends, no waves. Mm -hmm. Like you're just going off. I'm going off of operating based off of the spirit, based off of my walk. Not perfect, but I, I do whatever, everything I do for a purpose. I wear loud, crazy Louboutins for a conversation. I do watches and jewelry for a com just to get a conversation. I, I drive my, did you hear when the kid, he was on the news, he, uh, he gave up his money or he sailed for Ozen Cups or something and, and, and uh, he gave his money to hurricane victims. Mm -hmm. You heard about that? He sold hot dogs in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about a month ago and a half ago, I was, um, I had a meeting. I pulled up to the, I pulled up to the restaurant. I always stop for the kids. I pulled up to the restaurant and the kids said, oh my God, oh. I say, I, I always jump out. Get out the car, the, uh, the uh, what's, what they call him? Valet. Yeah. I said, no, no, I want this kid to get in the car. He let him in the car. The mom, bring the mom over. The mom said, oh my God. Had him taking the picture. Take the picture, mom, take the picture. Talking to him. I want to be this when I grow up. I want to be a race car driver. Uh, and the mom said, you said you wanted to be this. He said, excuse me, mom. He's five years old. Can I, can, am I allowed to speak for myself? I said, <laughs> oh, okay. He said, I will. I said, you keep this mentality. You keep speaking it. You, you can be it. You just keep giving, giving back to others. He said, oh, I do. Oh, I do. I said, oh, okay. Can I tell you how I give back? I said, sure. Okay, young man. He said, I was sent here by Disney because I gave my money to hurricane victims. I'm only here because Disney sent me here for free for what I've done. So he was that kid that went viral, that famous wow. kid. And I was just doing something for a kid, and it was him. So man, come to my house, man. I want to do an interview with you. That just happened about a month and a half ago. That's crazy. So I have moments all the time, and it's just, I told Kathy, I said, it's about a kid. She said, no, that's a viral story. And she showed me, I said, oh my gosh. So I have these moments, I do it for the kids. I do it, I take kids, drive kids to school, elementary school, so they go, wow, how? Operate the right way. From the heart, from the yeah. real. Ultimately, you, you touched on a lot of things during this uh, session. What do you want your legacy to ultimately be when you think about big picture, when you think about what you're going to leave behind, what you'll be remembered as and for? What is that? Simple. I want people to say, if Luther was here, he would want me to go for it. I want to be the last thought in their head that makes them go for it even when there is no other thoughts left. When I went with Pastor John Gray on that stage on Sunday on, on, uh, and spoke at the church, a guy came up to me, he said, I go to the church every Sunday. He said, this conversation you and I just had, I never walked out of this church feeling like this before. This is the first time in my life. It blessed me. And that, that's, that's the experience I want. I want people to say, I never felt the same once I connected with him. So I want, I want the thought of me to make someone keep going when they want to give up. Hopefully there was something I said along my life's journey that connected with someone that made them, to identify with them and say, yeah, I felt that too. Or yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't have family the way I wanted to when I was growing up too. He, gave, he wouldn't have gave up. That's all I want. To anybody out there that's listening, that's starting a business, that's in the middle of their business. Uh, you touched on a lot of things, but sometimes people are short listeners. Uh, they don't follow visuals, and sometimes, like I just touched on, they don't follow the message. 
What would you want them to take away from this interview? I would want them to take away that you have to be healthy and, and, and remove the concept of, of training, uh, of, of building your body. Just make it more about discovering yourself. Every time you go to the gym, every time you eat healthy, everything you do to feed you, do it not for the goal of, of what you look like, but do it for discovering yourself and learning, learning yourself. Because everything is created when you're, when you're having clear, when you're creating clear clarity in your life. I mean, I literally, can I get the bag? Thank you, baby. I literally created, I created five things in one day. I created the, the, the wider bottle. When you write out your why. That's crazy. You write out your why, you keep your whys with you at all times of your life, so you never forget your why. I have the my why pen, you use your my why pen, and you write out your whys. Wider bottle. I create things all the time when I'm creating clear clarity from just exercise and giving to myself. So I want people to know that when you give to yourself, when you go exercise, do it for your mind. Develop that gorilla brain. Tap in. When people see you, they don't want you. You don't want to be a uh, 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 trainer. No, the way you view that is there. I'm a I got a gorilla brain. That's real. Change yeah. the narrative. Yes, sir. This is amazing, bro. Want to thank y'all for your time coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Love. Thank you. <laughs>